Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of Design EDU Today, the podcast series discussing topics concerning the state of interactive design education at institutions of higher learning. I'm your host, Gary Rosance, Assistant Professor of Graphic Design at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. In this episode, we will be discussing the design of emails for a global investment management firm. We go in-depth on the purpose of sending emails, calls to actions, and how to code and develop those emails. Today's guest is Shannon Crable. Shannon is an email developer at T. Rowe Price, previously working as an email designer. She has been working with brands to design, test, and code HTML emails since 2011. In 2016, she spoke at the Email Design Conference on the topic of maintaining a brand and high-quality emails in a high-volume work environment. Outside of being an email geek, she can be found deepening her knowledge of front-end and WordPress development and volunteering as blog editor for AIGA Baltimore. Welcome, Shannon. Hi. Nice to be here. Great. It's great to have you. So the reason I invited you here is, well, quite frankly, I don't know anything about email design, and I don't know any of fellow faculty who, who know anything about email design. Maybe they are, but um, they're closeted, and I can't find them. Um, so you self-identify as an email geek at T. Rowe Price. Can you explain exactly what you do? Sure. So what me and my team do, there's about 12 of us, we send all of the email for the entire firm. So that doesn't mean like back and forth emails about meetings, it means like the emails that are actually going to people who have accounts with us, people who have money with us. So I think in last year our total email volumes were something like 60 million. So it's going up every year and that's the bulk of what we do. Wait, so you 60 million users or that you're, you're sending it to, is that what you said? It's roughly 60 million individual emails, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. That I read a statistic somewhere that like almost 4 billion are sent daily. So I, I was actually kind of, I thought that number was kind of low, <laughs> but interesting. Okay. So how did you end up doing that kind of work? That is, it was quite a weird journey. So I actually majored in graphic design, yep. um, primarily print. Um, I had, I remember taking, I think one web class and like one flash class when I was in college. So coding web stuff was sort of foreign to me anyway. But when I graduated, a lot of people were saying like, oh, you do websites, don't you? And I'm like, well, sure, I guess I do. And from there, I started doing a little bit of coding. Um, I started working sort of secretary admin work at a small production, video production company in Maryland. And um, somehow that evolved into my boss wanting to start sending emails to previous clients. And I'm like, well, Mail MailChimp is a thing. So from there, I got a little into email. Um, from there, I got my first full-time job doing email design. And then a couple years later, that devolved to where I am now, where I'm doing design and development and deployment, essentially. Um, and so just for the, the, the audience to know that I'm assuming that's your dog, right? Yes. Awesome. No, and, and it's completely fine. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to mention it, what people it is, because I don't feel like editing it out. <laughs> they can listen to it. All right. Um, so is how much, and we're, and we're going to get into like what specific type of email are there that, you know, comes out of your company or in general. But before we get to that question, is there a lot of work out there for email designers? 
I think there is. Uh, I wasn't able to pull any specific numbers, yeah. but email marketing is a pretty big industry um, or email marketing, email development, email design. Um, I think a lot of companies are being told like send more emails because the return on investment is so high compared to maybe print or social media. So at least especially with us, we're being told to send more email and we need more manpower to do that. So yeah, I think it's a very in-demand skill to have. Have you, uh, where it's set, um, I, I've heard the same antidotes too, where email is, um, a higher return, like you said, higher return on investment or it gets more people to, it's a better call to action than, um, the, like you said, social media and, and definitely, uh, direct mail. But do you, do you have any like specific evidence of that or do you can you remember any, where you read that at? Cause I just want to be able to find it and put it in these show notes. Sure. Um, I think litmus.com, they're really big on um, email analytics and they publish a lot of reports every year about that. And I think one they published for 2016 using data from 2015 was that um, generally email gets three times as much ROI than social media. And I think like depending on where you pull it from, the numbers compared to print could be like hundreds to thousands of percent more. I can find specific numbers if you no, I, that's No, that's good enough. I can... I. I'll just look at litmus and I'm sure I'll be able to find it. Um, but that's just, that it, that's just amazing that again, like I said, I read that stat that there's like 4 billion emails sent daily. There's a three times return on investment that somebody actually painstakingly went through and, and, and tried to figure out. And yet this is, this form of communication is something that I th feel is like off every designer's radar, except for yours and that, that team of 12 you have. Yeah. So with that team of 12, um, what does it consist of? Designers, developers, or marketing? Sure. We're all developers on the team, but as far as backgrounds before we came to T-Row or before we started doing email, they're all pretty varied. Um, I think I was, I'm one of the hybrid like designer, front-end developer types. We have mm -hmm. a couple people who actually never worked with email before, but maybe worked in like ebook publication. Um, so yeah, we do have a good range of people. Like I said, most coming from like you know front-end web development, maybe content management side of things, that come into what we do and actually do really well. And there's some people with more like uh, user experience background or interest that tend to do well with what we do. As a design educator, I'm going to fully admit that I never taught any of my students how to design an email. So I'm not even sh I'm not even sure I would even know where to start. So I'm going to ask you, and the primary reason why you're here, um, what are some of the different types of goals of sending an email? And this could be generic or this could be specific to T. Rowe Price. Sure. Um, I was thinking, generically speaking, the goal, I think the number one goal is to get the email into your recipient's inbox or email box. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I won't go into it too much, but there's some to think about, like deliverability, just making sure the email gets past spam filters, um, any ISP block, that sort of thing. Like that's, there's like a subset of the industry just for that. Wow. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's insane. And as far as like the actual goals, that actually might vary depending on maybe the audience, the segment, like if you're B2B or B2C. Um, usually for us, the goal is to have someone take an action, like click this link and update your beneficiary. Or it could even be informational as in like, hey, your password has been reset, that sort of thing. So it does vary. Um, I think that's a key thing with email in general. It's just knowing like what is your goal and designing for that and like optimizing your email to get the best result out of that. Are there some like best practices for email design, you know, based on what you're 
you know, seeing in research. And I mean, like, so when this, you know, somebody opens it up, you know, there's, they have a small, depending on what kind of device they have, they got a really small window that they're, that they're looking at. I mean, so, yes. I mean, how do you leverage that? Yeah, it's best practices are, it could be its own like three hour long topic. Um, I would say for best practices is if you know what your users are using as far as like, are they on mobile? Are they on Blackberries? Are they on desktops? That sort of thing. Cater to that. Um, responsive, of course, is a big thing, but not all devices or email clients support responsive in the same way. So that's something to keep in mind. As far as best practices, I would say the key thing is sort of keeping it simple. Um, the weird thing about email design and development, actually the challenge of it is that there's really no standard across um, email clients or devices. Like how it looks in Gmail could look totally different than how it looks on the Gmail app on my phone. And then add an Outlook, add in things like Lotus Notes. Um, we actually have <laughs> small subset of people open emails on like Playstations and that sort of thing. So you have to think about that a little bit. Um, it's different from regular web coding where you're using divs and style sheets and that sort of thing. Whereas with email, you're mostly coding like it's 1999. That's the ongoing joke is that you're using tables and inline styles. And you're sort of very, very limited with what you can do. So just knowing that I think gets you ahead of probably most people that are asked to, hey, design an email. Now I have kind of two follow-up questions. I'm gonna, I should probably write this down. Sure. So the first one has to do with um, the design. So is there, who sits there and figures out like what content should be at the top of the email and like how much, you know, space should be taken up? You know, should it be like a big field of color with a bold headline? Or, you know, just like, how do you, who thinks that up? Sure. Do you mean with T-Row specifically or just in general? Both. <laughs> Both. Uh, so the way it works for us is we don't write the content. We have a whole team of copywriters and designers that handle that. Usually what we're doing is we're taking the supplied content. Mm -hmm. And that could be from like a, we call them essentially master templates where like, hey, this is their email about updating your beneficiary or this is your email about your enrollment window is closing, small changes, and we're kind of moving it through. Other times, it's a specific thing like, hey, check out this webinar series, and we're taking that content, adding it to our template, and moving it through. So the template system that we have is actually something we developed along with mm. the creative team a couple years ago. Um, T-Row, what kind of a re brand refresh, and during that, we got the opportunity to kind of get with them and say like, hey, these are the email considerations we should be striving for. Um, we worked with them to come up with like a pretty solid template system, I think, that sort of takes some of that like, well, should it be here? Should it be there? We have best practices. We have guidance on what we should be doing and not be doing. Generally, sh kind of the more concise, shorter an email, the better. You don't want three pages of stuff you have to scroll through, especially if you're on like a mobile phone. So all that is stuff that we keep in mind. Um, sometimes we have to do whatever the client wants and that's okay. But we do advise like, hey, if you want someone to click on a button, maybe put that towards the top of the email. You might hear the term like above the fold or below mm -hmm. the fold. That kind of thing applies. You know, okay, so that's a that's a that's a, another question. I'm glad I'm writing these all down. So the term above the fold, I, yes. I mean, there's enough studies done with design in traditional like web browsers that people are gonna scroll. Yes. Is that same is that this is that true with email? 
Yeah, I think that's the same thing with email. Um, I think actually Litmus, um, like I said, okay. they do a lot of have a lot of data to support that. I think they just tweeted out about, hey, above the fold doesn't really exist anymore as far as email is concerned. So yeah, I think most most people, and I'm speaking generally, know that they should scroll. Like what you see in like that first bit of your iPhone or your Android phone is not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And to scroll. I mean, I think we know that for desktops too. It's not like anyone sees the bottom of a page of a website and thinks like, oh, that must be it. I think people know to scroll by now. So what determines if I open an email right away or kind of, you know, save it for later is the subject line. Yes. <laughs> um, so is that like a whole other department that's figuring out what's a good call to action in the subject line? For us, it usually comes through copy or just how the, like I said, the, the template about that specific topic mm-hmm. is done. We do like to make suggestions about subject lines. Um, as far as like what the industry says, usually shorter is better. You don't want to have spammy words in there like, you know, free, all caps, dollar sign, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that could trigger spam filters. And it, I think the main thing is just it has to be relevant. You could also do testing to see if like a personalized subject line gets you to open the email better than an unpersonalized subject line. And sometimes it's just a matter of like knowing what works for your audience. Like I noticed, I think in 2016, emojis and subject lines are a really popular thing. Personally, I don't like them, but it's very popular and it it gets people to open them. So interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay. So a couple of other off the, off the beaten path questions that came to my mind was, You've mentioned the fact that, you know, trying to make responsive emails. And so, you know, we have web standards for the browsers. And there are some pioneers who kind of like beat that industry into submission to agree to web standards. Is that ever going to happen for emails? I think we all wish it would. And I think it could happen someday, just maybe not right now. It's actually interesting. Um, one of the biggest offenders, technically speaking, about responsive email is actually Gmail on the desktop. Yeah. Um, they don't, um, before very recently, they didn't support any media queries or external style sheets. So responsive was a little bit of a tricky thing with them. But I think actually a month ago, they said, hey, we support media queries now or we're working to support that. So that's a big deal. Um I think in August, uh, Outlook, which is also sort of tricky when it comes to responsive and media queries, that sort of thing, they actually partnered with Litmus to say like, hey, we want to help fix this. We know your community is sort of upset about this. Let's try to like collaborate to work together. So I think with us seeing those two big changes in the past six months, I, I think someday, knock on wood, we could have an email I guess, rendering standard or start of something like that. You think they would just adopt browser standards and just move on with life. Yeah, you would think. But I guess everything's proprietary and just, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot behind it, but I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah, I have have no idea either. But I did get an email um, that somebody said, if you could, if uh, it was using Flexbox. Right. And it, it was actually like if you see the if you see these squares at the bottom with the you know with the letters in in you know centered in each one, your client supports Flexbox, and I could not find a single email client. I was like, oh, this is a challenge now. I'm going to find one that has it, and I couldn't find one. Yeah, if you find so, it, let me know. So that was like so that was really wishful thinking then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so uh, one other thing that uh, what about. Are you familiar with, I think it's called Ink by Zurb. They make those, um, they make 
the foundation, which is a HTML, which is a CSS framework? Yes, I'm familiar with them. Did do you use that? Is that a viable? Is it something worthwhile investigating for at least students, maybe? Oh yeah, I think it's worth investigating. I haven't used it personally, but it is one of the like let's say the top five that like come to mind if you're looking for like an email framework or something to kind of look at or start from. Um, like I said, I haven't used it myself, but I guess with the changes with Gmail and Outlook, I'd be curious to see if they're planning to update that anytime soon. And I think there is a responsive version, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I, there is, but I don't I, – I felt like the last time I had a conversation with somebody, there was – I could be wrong, but I feel like almost like JavaScript was involved. Yeah. And, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> no, that's not a good <laughs> – this is not good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as far as I know, JavaScript is not supported in any email clients. It m probably would trigger something as spam, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I have, and that's what I can't remember if that, I, that's why I felt like, really? Are you sure they're trying to use JavaScript? I'll have to go back and look. Um, okay, so with, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, um, you know, having gone to design school, so I'm going to talk about this from like the design side and not the development sure. side just yet. What type of email projects do you, would have been helpful for you to have in school to better prepare you for this type of work? Sure. That's a great question. Um, I think I, at least for me, I wish I knew that web design itself or web development itself was more of an option when I was in college. Okay. Um, admittedly, I thought, you know, I thought I'd be doing print forever. You know, I'd have a letterpress studio, that sort of thing. And that's still the dream in some way. But had I known that web was more of an option and that in turn like email marketing design development was an option, um, I would think projects that kind of go through the strategy of thinking like, hey, you have to think you have these considerations. You have to think about, you know, just kind of technical limitations and the lack of standards across email clients and to think about like what 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 are you trying to do? Like what are you trying to accomplish in this email? I think kind of the thinking behind it maybe more so than like the literal design part of it. Should I have my students use something like MailChimp or Constant Contact to, you know, design the layout? Or do they need to code these things in good old HTML tables? I think nothing beats being able to code from scratch. Yeah. But I think there is an advantage to knowing a specific um, email service provider like MailChimp or Constant Contact. Both of those make it very easy for, like, pretty much anyone to essentially get set up probably in like 15 or 20 minutes, mm -hmm. um, you know, pending having like a list to email to and sort of that side of it, it's pretty straightforward. I think they have a lot of pre-built templates where you can throw in a logo, customize some colors, and there you go. Um, and I think, I know MailChimp for sure, I don't know about Constant Contact has sort of a maybe more advanced template language where you can sort of download their snippets in a way and build your own template that you can then upload into the system that you can do the same things with like, okay, maybe this is my section for a logo and I'll just swap it out within the WYSIWYG or something like that. So I think okay. it's a blend of both, like knowing how to code by hand. If you are able to dabble in MailChimp, I think that definitely puts you at an advantage um, or just being familiar enough to be able to sort of dig in and like, well, maybe I don't know it like 100%, but I know enough to like get started or to troubleshoot a little bit. With like MailChimp, you're kind of, unless you learn some advanced templating, you're stuck basically with their basic templates. Right. So you're just basically rearranging the deck chairs. <laughs> yeah. Where, and, and the same thing with like WordPress, you know, I mean, you, I, and I just, I, I just feel like as an educator, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of teaching students how to 
you know, use somebody, how to manipulate somebody else's design. Right. So I, I think I would rather go, you know, just struggle through it and, and show them. I mean, HTML, HTML tables are not that hard. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're not hard, but I wouldn't know. I learned with tables, which is kind of weird considering I went to college in like 2007, but I don't, wouldn't know if any students that are like in college now would learn with tables, to be honest. Um, I mean, like the fundamentals are the same as like coding CSS, that sort of thing, but it takes a little bit of like a backwards thinking a little bit. And email is a little interesting in that like you have CSS, you know, skating style sheets. Mm -hmm. You have to be a little more specific. Like if you want this particular cell to have, you know, font size 14, a line left, you have to specify that every single time. Yep. Because some email clients will honor that even if you don't have it specified, others will not. So you might open up your email and like IE and it'll be center aligned and whatever and it's weird. Okay, so do everything in inline CSS. Yes. That's I, I'm just baffled that you know we've got media queries on watches and we <laughs> that's what we're still doing with email. So are there any other projects that you could think of that you might be wanted to to learn? I know that I, I don't know if I gave you enough chance to like expound on that question. The very last question. Yeah. As far as like what I'm working on. Or no, just like. Oh. Um, yeah, I just like I, student projects yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, um, I'd be curious, like the whole like kind of thought process. Like maybe it's it's a weird thing because I think it's almost more marketing thinking. Like, okay, who are people? Who are we trying to target? What are we trying to get them to do? How do we best do that within this medium? But from the design side, there are some considerations too, which make it a little bit tricky. Um, it's you you are working with tables so you have to think a little more square if that makes sense yes. um think a little more static um i've seen some cool things with some you know css3 i guess like animations keyframes but those are kind of like the outliers um mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a very interesting it, it I call it kind of cool project I think might be to like go through the process of like, hey, this is what we want to do. We've designed this thing and then run it through a rendering engine like something like Litmus has or um, I think Return Path has one where you can get screenshots of how it'll look in like almost every email client or browser you could think of. And you'd be surprised what the results are sometimes. So that's Return Path? Return Path has one. Um, Litmus, that's the bulk of what they do, has that. And trying to think of another one. I think Email and Acid has one as well. Oh, that's perfect. Because I, I, I didn't know how that was done. Yeah. So when I ever tried to do an HTML email, I literally just emailed it to myself. Oh, I've <laughs> done that too. It's a lot of fun. Oh God, yeah, it's painful. It's like, oh, I wouldn't. Okay, so that makes so that makes sense. This is really more of, I mean, not more of. I mean, but it it is a marketing exercise. You know, thinking through the user experience, what's going to get them to click, and and things like that, and how does the design match that. So they either need to be, students either need to be handed that kind of as a brief or they need to be instructed on how to like figure, you know, determine those things for themselves. Right. Or just how yeah. to do the research too, I think is a big part of it. Okay. Um, do you have any other things that you think are good resources for email design that you sure. haven't mentioned? Sure. Um, yeah, I'll reiterate Litmus is great. Yeah. Um, most of the major ESPs like MailChimp, Emma, Constant Contact, I think HubSpot have a lot of good resources. And I think um, even Team Treehouse um, okay. has a short course on email design, I think taught by one of the designers at MailChimp. So that's a really cool one. And I'm pretty sure lynda.com has some stuff. But as far as like 
for like a beginner where yeah. to start, it's there's a lot out there which could probably be overwhelming, but those might be like my first few places to start. I'm sure Stack Overflow has some stuff too, but at that point you might be getting really, really granular. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's when you're that's where you get the you know, the testing on this thing isn't working in this browser, what am I doing or this email client, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Okay. So I've seen from your Twitter feed that you're also involved with Skill Crush or can you let the listeners know what Skill Crush is? Sure. Skill Crush is a um, essentially an online tech school, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to like Treehouse, where there are shorter courses. They're meant for like working professionals. Um, people are looking to kind of build their tech skills. It's primarily aimed towards women, but everyone's welcome. Um, yeah. They don't have an email course, but I've taken the WordPress developer course, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed. The community is really great. Um, I'm not like directly involved with them, but like they're probably my, my favorite like Twitter account right now to follow. And they have a lot of good stuff, like if you're an alumni, that sort of thing. And they're all online based. It's pretty cool. I, and I just didn't know a lot about it because I've there's there's so many of them out there. Yeah, there's a lot. And so that's why I wanted to, since I saw that your name was at least like you were following it or something, I just wanted to get an insider's uh, perspective on it. Sure. Yeah. I feel like they're really good at sort of blending the like, hey, I'm working and I've got life, but I want to learn front end development or I want to learn visual design. I think they're really good at like content wise. They're just like great. I can't stop singing their praises, to be honest. Yeah. And that is a something I've kind of just come to terms with that idea of for the longest time I was trying to teach my designers to be front-end developers Mm -hmm. because they needed those front-end development skills to test their designs yes now with things like Envision and Adobe XD and Craft plugin for Sketch Mm -hmm. it's not there yet but it's getting close enough where I feel like an educator is like okay they can at least test to see if their ideas are you know is the font the right size and they can easily test it on a, on, on a device. And I don't know if you're familiar with affinity's line of products, but affinity, affinity to designers kind of like a, an illustrator clone. Oh, nice. But what it, they just came out with something that I think is going to be pretty amazing is that you could, you know, draw your box and, you know, uh, put your content in it, but then you could tell it to, you can make it a percentage. And so if you draw two boxes and tell them the constraint, and so they always remain 50%, you can change the artboard size. And then the content, those boxes will narrow like responsive and the content won't shrink. It will reflow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I haven't had a chance to test it out yet, but I saw the, you know, the gifts of it and I was like, holy cow. So that said, I kind of come to the conclusion that, I think I should, you know, students that like show an affinity for front end development that I should, you know, send, be sending them off to things like Skillshare, uh, Skill Crush or, or lynda.com. Yes. And Team Treehouse as well. It's a good one. Okay. And so you like them for the most part? Yeah, it's been a while since I've done Team Treehouse. Um, I think I was learning, this was like four years ago, I was doing some other front-end development stuff. Um, sort of different, maybe for different learning types. So I think mm-hmm. a big part of it is like knowing just how you learn. I'm a very learning by doing person. So okay. Skill Crush has the like, hey, we'll have a video to show you how to do it. And then here, you're going to actually do it now. And that works for me, but it may not work for everyone. Okay. Um, so uh, finally, Shannon, before I let you go, is there anything that you are working on personally that you want to 
promote or share? Not at the moment, um, but this conversation has got me thinking a lot about the, you know, hey, I'm being asked to design an email, what do I do sort of question that comes up. Um, I'd like to see more resources for that. So, you know, nothing in the works, but stuff I've been thinking about for a while. Um, I think I mentioned, yeah, I think I mentioned that I've had friends that, you know, mainly print designers that maybe getting a new job and one of the pluses or requirements is knowing email design or development or HTML. And they're like, Shannon, where do I start? And I'm like, well, here's three links. Um, hopefully this works for you. And I, I think if there was a better path from like out of design school to sort of web-based job that involves email, that'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see more content in that realm. So it's time to, for you to make a skill crush class. <laughs> maybe we'll see. Well, that's all we have time for today on episode 34 of Design EDU Today. I want to thank today's guest, Shannon Crable, for being so generous with her time. I want to thank the audience for listening, and I want to thank the Design EDU Today hosting sponsor, DigitalOcean, and CDN sponsor, Fastly, for making the hosting and distribution of these podcasts possible. I also want to thank the AIGA and the AIGA Design Educators community for their generous support of my research that led to this podcast series. If you like this podcast, consider leaving a review for it in the iTunes store and share it with your colleagues and friends. To discover more about the Design EDU Today podcast and read the session notes and transcripts, visit the show website at designedu.today. To keep up with new show releases, you can follow us on Twitter at designedu today, like the Facebook page, or subscribe to this podcast through the iTunes or Google Play Store. Finally, if you would like to suggest topics for future episodes or give feedback to help improve the show, contact me through Twitter or the show's email address at hello at designedu.today. Once again, thank you for listening to Design EDU Today. <laughs>